0: Welcome to The Wisdom Show, a gathering place for the world's leading experts in the fields of human potential, spirituality, personal development, health, relationships, and more. Join us as we evolve together to the highest expression of our lives. And now, your host, Jean Swan. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today. Get ready to have some fun we're going to be learning about what our aura colors say about us and how we can create the life we really want through parallel universes. Our very special guest today is Pamela Osley, a professional sensitive author consultant and lecturer pam has the ability to see electromagnetic fields or auras which she'll be doing with us today and pam has taught thousands of people to understand the principles of quantum physics and how we create our own realities so welcome pam Hi, Jean. How are you? I am fantastic and so excited about our topic today. Uh, I think we might get started with auras because uh, we'll start with that and we'll move into all your other fascinating topics. But with auras now, um, they are energy fields around all of us. So, Pam, can you tell us how you're able to see the colors of the auras? And then is this something you developed or could we all develop this?
1: Well, I believe that all of us have the ability to see them and sense them, and I explain to people that even though people can't see them, we've all felt them. That's why we feel drawn to some people and comfortable around them and other people we don't even want to be in the same room with because we're not liking their energy. So what I see, I can see and sense them, and I began by being able to sense them and then slowly develop the ability to be able to actually see them with an inner eye, with my physical eye, all of the above. And what it looks like to me is these glowing bands of light in different colors that come out from people, um, kind of like a rainbow, bands of rainbow colors. And the one or two colors closest to the body is what I focus on in my work. Is those are the life colors. Those what those are the colors that show the person's personality, and their Careers are going to be drawn to relationship compatibility, how they see money, potential health problems. Everything about the person is revealed in the one or two colors of bands closest to the person's body.
0: That's what I wondered about, because when you see people that have their aura pictures taken, I wonder, does it change? Does it stay the same? But as you explained, the first colors stay the same, but then the outer ones change, right? Right.
1: Yes, the outer bands change all the time according to what's going on with the person at the time. So if somebody's really working on making a lot of money and they've become workaholics, I see a lot of green in their outer bands. If somebody's angry, all of a sudden red will flare up in their outer bands. But those tend to change if the person isn't focused on that anymore. Right.
0: So then our outer bands change depending on what we're focusing or what we're experiencing.
1: that's right, that's right. And when people do go to um, have their aura pictures taken through Kirlian Photography or they go to the psychic fairs or whatever, those, um, those cameras don't always pick up on the life colors that I see. If you talk to those camera operators, they'll tell you that what they're picking up that day is the emotional energy that's activated around you at that time. So you could go back and have your picture taken another day or two or even an hour later, and it could be different if your energy is different. So that's different than what I see with the life colors.
0: So now you see them, and you can actually see them without really being physically near the person. So since it's all energy, it's that you're reading energy. So if you're in the room with a person, you can see the colors, but now in this case when you're not next to any of us, you can still pick up on the auras through energy, right?
1: That's right. It is. It's, um, energy is all waves of information. It works the same way as radio waves or our cell phone waves or the Internet waves. Um, it's, all in the, it's all in the atmosphere. It's all in the air. And so all I do is I tune into the person, much like you tune into a radio station, and then I can pick up the frequency or the vibration that um, is coming off of the person, not just their aura colors, but all kinds of things about them.
0: So you're picking it up with auras, and you usually see colors. Other people pick this energy up in different ways, like through different
1: senses, right? Absolutely. And you know what? I explain to people that we don't all see auras the same. I run into people that see the exact same colors that I do, and other people see something differently. And I explain to people, you know what, we also taste food differently because I know that people are liking foods that I don't like. Mm. (laughs) I know they can't be tasting what I'm tasting. So it's the same with the aura colors. So if I explain a certain color on the show today and then somebody runs into someone and they go, no, 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 you're a turquoise or you're a chartreuse, and I didn't explain that, it doesn't mean somebody's wrong or right. It means they're having a different experience. And the definition should still match, though. If they see turquoise, you want to ask them what that means, if I saw violet there instead or a blue. But the definition should still match up.
0: So it's also important to point out there have been a lot of scientific studies proving the existence of auras. So for people who might say, well, I don't know if that's true, it's been proven, right?
1: Absolutely, yes. And actually on my website, auracolors.com, A-U-R-A colors.com, there is a whole section in there about the science of auras. And there are physicists and biophysicists and chemists. There are all kinds of people and studies being done on these electromagnetic fields.
0: Right. So... Uh, seeing auras and picking up that energy field is one way to do it. So can we go through the different colors, Pam? Uh, you have, uh, I know that you explain each color and what it means for a person. Can you give us a general overview of the colors?
1: Sure. Just briefly, I explain to people that I categorize them into three different families, the physical colors, the mental colors, and the emotional colors. The physical ones are the ones that those people predominantly process life through their physical bodies, through touch. Now, we all have physical bodies, mental minds, and emotions, I'm assuming, (laughs) but it's how you predominantly process. So in the physical family, I see red, orange, magenta, and yellow. And reds are... Well, just what they feel like, right? Hot, passionate, powerful. It's really about the physical body. They like to express themselves through their sensuality, their sexuality. Um, it's just, it's about being a physical animal on this planet, enjoying, you know, all that physical life has to offer. So, Madonna's a red, Russell Crowe's a red, Sean Penn's a red. You can see they're strong-willed, but they they also have hot tempers. So you see, we use that in our language: passionate and yet fiery, and and uh, you know. Anger. <laughs> hmm. um, and then we've got oranges. Oranges are the daredevils on the planet, Evil Knievel, Jackie Chan. Those are the personalities that need to put their lives on the line and have adrenaline rushes just to feel alive. So they're race car drivers and stunt people and they like to go bungee jumping and, and jump out of airplanes. <laughs> and so they, they're all about, they're rescue workers, anything that's extreme sports. Those are typically oranges. And then magentas, magenta personalities are the, um, well, let's see, Kramer on Seinfeld portrayed a magenta, Andy Warhol's a magenta, so they tend to be a little bit on the unusual, kind of bizarre, they like to shock people, they like to be on the cutting edge, Um, but it's still more about physical reality, they like to take physical reality and kind of twist it and make it odd i know that magentas are the ones that created the purple mohawks and the body piercings <laughs> and the tattoos they started it and then of course now that everybody else is doing it they got to come up with something else i usually see magentas in cities like san francisco where they can kind of hide out they don't do well in small towns because people just think they're too strange
0: right and kramer's and we a perfect have, example on that's exactly
1: right a little outrageous a little shocking and you know they think nothing of it um, although they can be, tend to be loners because most people have a hard time being around their outrageous behavior. And then we have yellows, and I'm sure you have a lot of yellows listening to the show today. Yellows are the kids on the planet. They're playful. They don't look their age. Perennial Peter Pans, they've got a sense of humor. They're here to bring joy to the planet, to help people heal, to help animals, anything about healing or creativity, but they're really here to enjoy life. And their theme song is basically they're the ones that know that if you can't have fun here, then what's the purpose to life? So I see them typically getting into either the arts, the creative, they're writers, artists, filmmakers, designers, or they get into the healing fields, massage therapists or doctors or veterinarians, or they get into the physical fields like uh, landscaping or construction or yoga instructors. Yellows like to work with their bodies, but, again, they're big kids. And they do like to laugh and they like to play. Yellows just have to kind of watch out for, in positive, they're very in power, meaning the positive side of yellows. They're usually the healthiest people on the planet. That's why they, they know how to eat and exercise and all that. When yellows are out of power, the downside of yellows, they get in, they're very addictive personalities. So yellows have to be careful of drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and caffeine and overeating, sweets. Um, And they can get involved in, you know, just sitting down watching TV all the time. They can get very lazy and procrastinate. But when they're in power, they're full of life and energy. They're like the little energizer bunnies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So those are yellows. Then in the mental family, I see four different types of TAMs and then green. And TAMs basically are the practical, analytical, logical. They process through data and information, and they're very... They're the more patient and detail-oriented. They're the ones that have the patience to handle the details where the rest of us are like, okay, come on, I don't want to have to focus on that. So TANs usually process step one, step two, step three, step four, and, and people like you, Violet, you go 150, or Greens go, okay, 1, 2, 10, come on, let's go. But we need TANs. They, they typically are engineers, architects, computer operators, um. In anything that focuses on the details, and they're really happy doing that. And they like having the security and stability of a paycheck. And TANS are the ones that can stick with jobs their entire lives because they like stability and security. They can be cautious, but they're very grounded. So you get a sense of TANS, right? Absolutely. And then we have the greens. The greens are the type A workaholics on the planet, they're very driven. They're very intelligent, very quick. So 10s do one, two. I got it. 10. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Usually when you're talking to a, a green, they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Get to the punchline. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on. I don't have time for this. <laughs> um, they're very driven to get degrees and or they're entrepreneurs. I see them a lot being CEOs of companies. They're in real estate. They're in sales. They're anything that makes them a lot of money, but they also have to be mentally stimulated. And if you're in a relationship with a green you really have to respect them they need to be able to respect their partners well you get a sense right donald trump's very green bill gates has got a lot of green barbara walters is green even david letterman is a green yellow combination so you see they're very bright very driven Mm -hmm. and then um in the emotional family we have blue violet indigo, crystal, and lavender. And blues are, you have a lot of blues listening, too, and I've got blue in my aura, too. I'm a blue-yellow who's added violet. Blues are the loving, nurturing, emotional. It's all about love and being in service in the planet. It's some of the most spiritual of all the aura colors. Typically, they get into service positions like teaching, counseling, nursing. It's all about helping other people. Every blue song spoke to God when they were little. So blues, it's all about their spirituality. And blues are the number one most emotional color on the planet. So blues can watch commercials and cheer up. Or if somebody else in the room starts crying, blues tend to go with them. They just cry right along with them. <laughs> but blues, it's all about giving and coming from the heart. And blues are also the number one besides um, indigos. Blues are very, very psychic. They just know things. They don't know why they know it. So I always encourage blues to trust their intuition. And blues, it's all about relationships. Every blue wants to be in a loving, monogamous, committed relationship. I'm spending more time on the colors that I know are listening to your show. Are you picking um, up that energy? Is that what you're, you're sensing yeah. it? Yes. Plus, I know that the, the colors that are the most interested in metaphysical and spiritual concepts like this are blues, violets, indigos, crystals, lavenders, and then some greens um, and a lot of yellows. So those are the colors that are most interested. Reds and oranges, um they they don't believe in this stuff typically. It's like, yeah, I don't know, you got to prove it to me. They need to touch things to get it that it's really real. And gentas, of course, they're out there being outrageous, so they kind of don't. Tans usually they have to have another color in their or like a tan yellow or a tan violet to believe in things like this. So anyway, yeah, there's a lot you have a lot of blues listening to your shows um because they're very spiritual.
0: Right. And then we have
1: violets, and you have violet in your aura, too. Gina. I know you've got violet and yellow because I can feel it. With a touch of blue in your outer band, so that's very loving, and blues are very you know, committed to relationships. Mm-hmm. Violets are the visionaries on the planet. They're the ones that came here to help save the planet, to shift the consciousness of the thinking, to educate the masses, to help life expand and improve here. So I see a lot of violets getting involved in the media, they get involved in television, radio, performing, the arts, photography, filmmaking, directors, anything that reaches the masses through a form of media, because all you violets have important messages to get out to the masses, which is funny because yellows can get insecure about it and go, whoa, wait a minute, maybe I can't do it because it's so big, Mm. because what violets? want to do is so big they get accused of being unrealistic dreamers because the projects that you violets have to do is not the box it has to be outside the box you usually want to work for yourself you want to do your own projects it's very important for violets to have freedom to do what they believe in violets are also drawn to things like teaching and psychology because they want to help people and reach the masses. And violets are also drawn to things like causes. They want to help save the planet. Um, Oprah's very violet, so is Bono, so is George Clooney. They're all violet-yellows. John and Robert Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, Gorbachev, Nelson Mandela, they're all violets with yellows. Um, They also can get involved in politics and law. Anything in a leadership position, freedom, or that makes a difference with the masses. So you see how big that is for you violets, right?
0: Yes, Yes. this sense of uh, accomplishing, helping people and doing it in a big way and not stopping until you do it. This sense that I have to do this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah, usually blues want to help people one on one. They're more comfortable keeping it, you know, one on one. Violets have to reach groups. They have to, if they're going to do psychology, they have to do workshops and seminars. It, It gets very hard for them to just see one on one every day, day after day after day. They'll do it, but they always feel like something's missing if they play too small. That's what happened.
0: I've gone through that experience, and that's why I'm here now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. mm -hmm. And, Jean, it's interesting because you do have quite a few violets listening, and this is a violet age. So violets are in their power time right now, and a lot of violets are feeling this little inner voice that goes, I'm supposed to be doing something bigger. I know it. I know it. And if they don't listen to that voice and start acting on it, they're getting squeezed. (laughs) They're getting the rug pulled out. They're getting major wake-up calls. So if you're, feel, if you're experiencing that right now, you either are a Violet or you have Violet in your outer bands because this is the time that Violets came to the planet. This is the time you guys are supposed to be doing your big projects here in your important humanitarian or global work right now. So, so do you
0: have a lot of Violets coming to you?
1: I have 90% of the clients that are coming to see me right now, and I see six to eight people a day wow. individually, clients like an hour to an hour and a half apiece. 90% of them are violets right now because they're either really getting depressed because they can't figure out how to pull off their projects or they're, what happens to violets too is they can get very scattered and there's like 20 things they want to do and they don't know which way to go next. So it's like they're looking for direction and also validation that what they really feel like they're supposed to do is real. Because a lot of you violets feel like, Well, who do I think I am? I mean, that's so big. Doesn't everybody want to do that? And they go, No, they don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want to live as big as you guys do. So you violets have to get over thinking that everybody must want to do what they feel like they're doing and go, Uh uh-uh, uh it's what you guys are called to do.
0: Yes. <laughs> so we need to recognize that not everybody has this sense of mission. They they're here for other reasons, their experiences right. are different and they're not they don't think the way we do. I, I want to mention to everyone that we will be taking some phone calls, and Pam will be able to tell you what she's sensing about your aura. The numbers to call are six one nine eight three. Pam, in one of your programs in your special offer package, you were talking about how people can change their aura colors if they became, become aware of their issues. For example, if someone had a red overlay because they felt they needed protection, they can work on that underlying issue and then change the aura.
1: Right um people are not born with red overlay so it's different than a red life color and and uh, people listening I just heard some indigo's out there going, "Wait, you didn't talk about me, you didn't talk about indigos." We'll get to you. Um People are not born with red overlays. They they're, That's usually put on. It's a protective layer that's usually put on in childhood because the person either felt physically, mentally, or emotionally abandoned, rejected, abused, or they had a life-threatening situation when they were a child. It's from somebody that didn't feel safe here, like, oh, my gosh, I, I shouldn't be on the planet. This is not okay. They added red for protection, which is a wise thing to do, but as you get older, it turns into a prison. And so it can either turn into a lot of anger or it can turn into self-sabotage. And you definitely want to get that red overlay off because you'll always have problems in life if you don't. John Lennon had a red overlay, and you see what happened to him. Um, So there's, there's ways to get off a red overlay. But a lot of times people have added colors in their outer bands thinking that who they really are, like especially violet yellows. They're, they're not always supported to be violets, um, or they're told, uh, don't be a yellow, you're too fidgety, you're making me crazy, you're all over the place, you're ADD, and so a lot of parents try to suppress or control violet yellows, not today's parents, I'm talking about some of the adults that when they were younger, their parents didn't get who they were, so a lot of those people thought they were supposed to, especially violets, thought they were supposed to be tans and fit into the world and get a typical 9-to-5 job and get a paycheck and raise a family and, you know, be in the box. And now they're experiencing a lot of unhappiness. So what we want to do is get them into their real-life colors, get them back to who they really chose to be born as and let go of the color that they thought they were supposed to be that's not making them happy or fulfilled.
0: Wow. So they could be programmed by society, teachers, parents, that you should go to law school or whatever it is, when really that's not in their nature, but they thought that was the right thing for them at the time. Wow. Interesting. That's
1: right. Yeah. And I run across a lot of that. So you see how many people are in jobs that are unfulfilling and relationships that are not working for them and they're having health problems. Like they're not. The reason that I like to talk about the aura colors is not to limit people, it's not to put them in a box or a category but to validate who they are, to confirm what they've always felt about themselves, to actually help them be free to be who they really are. So it helps them to allow themselves to be who they really are. As well as once we understand the different aura color personalities, we can allow other people to be who they are instead of saying, "Wait, you're supposed to be more like me, and why don't you behave like me, and why don't you follow my rules? It's like, oh, well, you're a, you're a lavender. I see what you are and what your priorities are and what your personality's like. Okay, I get it, and now I love and appreciate you as a lavender, not trying to make you be a green.
0: Right. That, that's such valuable information. I can see how this would be so helpful to work with you. On this, to get an understanding of our own natures and the natures of others. And we didn't get to the indigos yet, and those are the new ones on the planet, right? So can you talk about them?
1: Right, indigos, crystals, and lavenders. I don't see that. Well, there are more indigos showing up on the planet right now. Indigos are basically the psychic, the new age children. Um, a lot of indigos, a lot of people believe they are indigos right now, especially a lot of um, violets are taking on indigo qualities right now. But it's okay. If you resonate with the indigo qualities and you think you're an indigo, go for it. What, what I have noticed is most indigos have a tendency to appear a little androgynous. They're very beautiful, but it's kind of hard to tell sometimes if they're male or female or gay or straight. They're just really beautiful, but they tend to be very psychic. They tend to remember other lives. They're also highly adept, usually at um, at uh, technology. So a lot of the kids are just taken to technology, like fish out, you know, in water. Um, but they don't. They're they're having a hard time right now because a lot of people don't understand indigos, and so a lot of them are being diagnosed as autistic because you can't control indigos using the old standards that we have. You can't use manipulation, guilt, punishment. They don't go for it. They, they follow their spiritual beliefs, and if people try to force them or control them, they can get depressed, they can get into addictions. Michael Jackson is the most famous indigo that I know. He was an in indigo with Violet. But you can see how he seems kind of. Um, uh, uh, Elizabeth Taylor even said that Michael Jackson. When you look in his eyes, you felt like he was from another planet.
0: Right. So that that
1: gives a, a the...
0: that gives such a clear picture. The indigos right. are fascinating. Um, right. We do have a call now, Pam. We have Elise uh-huh. on the line from Los Angeles. Hi, Elise. What's your question for Pam? Elise, are you there? Calling I'm Elise. Elise Elise (laughs) in Los Angeles. (laughs) Can you turn down your computer, Elise? Elise, can you can you turn down your computer? Are you there?
1: I can hear it talking in the background, but it's not coming through.
0: Okay, Elise, can you turn down your computer? You're on
1: hold. No. All right. We will go
0: to Cindy in Minneapolis. Cindy, welcome to the wisdom show. Cindy, well, I think we're going to have to get back to the phone calls. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, so uh, having some technical challenge. Oh.
0: <laughs> yes. So let's get back to the indigos because the indigos um, and the crystals because those are the children coming into the planet, and they um, because I have two children. A lot of people say, "Oh, they're indigos and they're crystals." How do you know? Is it necessarily by when they were born that they are? You know, can you explain more about that whole indigo crystal generation?
1: Well, you know, not to not to discredit anybody's belief systems, but a lot of kids are being classified as indigos and crystals because they're so sensitive, and they're not really. um, A lot of really sensitive yellows think that they're crystals, and it's no, it's not about age because I do run into quite a few in um, crystal adults. And, and more and more uh, indigo adults are showing up because a lot of them did start showing up in the 80s and 90s and you know, the turn of the, the century. Um, so it, it is kind of challenging to know, but I, actually crystals are very rare, and they're like auric chameleons. So they tend to be very sensitive, very quiet, very intelligent, highly intelligent, and very cultured, but they're also very sensitive, so they can't be around a lot of people. It can blow their system out tend to be quiet they're natural healers but they can usually only do uh, heal one person at a time because energy life energy channels through them to heal the person but then they have to go and be quiet and meditate and pretty much that's it for the day where yellows yellows can heal people and they still have energy and they've got a sense of humor or they're very quiet and sensitive so it is challenging a lot of people do think they are crystals Um, but crystals when they're around people if they don't know who they are they've got clear auras so they tend to take on the aura colors of the people they're hanging out with so if they're hanging out with the green all of a sudden their personality becomes very green and driven and workaholic and you know i need to make money or if they're hanging out with the blue they tend to get very emotional so they can change their personalities based on the people that they're they're being around
0: another fascinating thing about Uh, your special offer program that's included because I was listening to so many of your great programs in there. You talk about how people can attract a mate so there are certain compatibility issues with the colors, right?
1: Absolutely, Jean. Some of the aura color personalities are so naturally compatible. Blues and violets usually get along great and blues and yellows seem to be drawn to each other because blues are very nurturing and mothering and yellows are the big kids on the planet so they tend to gravitate towards each other. So Some of the colors are very compatible and they're going to have an easier time being in a relationship. And some of the other color personalities, even though I believe with enough love and commitment, any couple can make it, some of the colors are going to have a more challenging time. So, for example, putting together a yellow and a green well, you can see, yellows, they don't care that much about money. They just want to have fun and freedom and play, and they don't care about money that much. They they just want to go have a good time and be very spontaneous, and they don't care about money. Well, you can see if they're married to a green who works really hard and they want to be respected and admired for money and they don't want their money just being, you know, thrown away, they can end up having challenges over that, and the green can end up not respecting the yellow's easygoing nature. So, But once they find out, once they learn about each other, then you can talk each other's language and respect each other for their quality. So then a green can encourage the yellow to be a healer or encourage the creativity that comes out of a yellow. And then the green can be the manager and figure out how to make money off of the yellow's natural creative instincts.
0: Wow. It's so amazing how helpful this information can be in every aspect of our lives. We have Tim on the line from Utah. Hi, Tim. What's your question for Pam? Well uh, I don't know what happened to Tim. But um, I think
1: we're having some technical difficulties. Maybe it's those solar flares. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that the planets are colliding or something, but um, <laughs> <Watch> out. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all safe and everything's joyful here. Um, mm. so we have all of the um, the relationships um, in the aura that I I can see how this could be so useful. You could go and really discover what direction you could go to follow your passion um we're gonna see we're gonna try one more time Uh, okay so i i can it's so helpful that you could see what your passion is what relationship would be beneficial for you
1: Right. Uh It helps people find their career direction even because I know what each of the colors are going to be most fulfilled in, what their natural talents are. It helps with raising children. It helps with coworkers. It even reveals health issues because each one of the aura color personalities have weak spots when it comes to health. And if they're not happy, they're going to have a tendency to have issues in those particular areas.
0: Right. So, um, What other issues are you seeing? I know the violets are are coming out of the woodworks now. What are some of the Mm -hmm. other predominant things going on with auras right now?
1: Well, and let me me say lavenders really quick so I don't hurt anyone's feelings out there because the poor lavenders always feel left out. Lavenders are very childlike and creative. They have a tendency to be more fanciful and fantasy-oriented and... Like Lewis Carroll had um, lavender in his aura, and so did C.S. Lewis. They like they like doing, you know, mythology art or children's things or things that go into other dimensions. So they're very creative. They have a really challenging time making money here. They have a tendency not to stay in their bodies when they're not happy here. They can float out and daydream a lot. So I know um, that hasn't
0: people have said that uh, Michael Jackson is a lavender, right?
1: Well, he's an indigo, Michael Jackson. Oh, you mentioned an him. Yeah, I've heard he was yeah, a lavender. he's an indigo with violet. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. Um, I uh, lavenders. I've never seen a pure lavender. It's usually a lavender blue mix or a lavender violet mix. So at least they can function a little bit better. But they can have a challenging time being in physical reality if it's really harsh and you know, and, and traffic and dirt and having to deal with money. So um, anyway, so the other aura colors right now that seem to be having a really hard time are tans. Because TAMs, their lives are about security and stability and practicality. And they've, they've based their lives around their secure jobs. And you see how many people are losing their homes and their jobs and their, their 401Ks and their financial nest eggs. And so that's really disturbing a lot of TAMs. So, and, and it's tough because a lot of TAMs don't come to see me, um, you know, to help it fix out because they just, oh, I don't know about psychics, I don't know if that's real. I do want to mention to people, too, before I forget, they can find out what their aura colors are. I have two different websites for free. People can go on to auracolors.com or lovecolors.com and take the aura quiz and then read all about themselves or watch all the videos that I've done. And lovecolors.com even helps with relationships. You can meet other people, friends, or, you know, love relationships, and then you know what their aura colors are, and you got a head start of knowing what kind of person they are.
0: It is such helpful information.
1: What do you have to click on for that?
0: There we go. We have a caller on the
1: line right now.
0: Are you with us? Yes. Hi there. Can you uh, tell us what your question is for Pam?
2: Yes. I wanted to know if she can tell what my callers are.
1: Sure. Um, Let me get a visual of you, okay? What's your first name? Or you can use any name you want if you want to stay confidential. Just give me a name to call you. My name's Helen. Helen, what color hair and eyes do you have, or what was it with the, if you've got gray in your hair now?
2: Uh, it was brown.
1: Was that medium, light, or dark brown?
2: Well, it, I've, I've had a little of all, you know, at different stages in my life, but I think the latest color I had was dark.
1: Okay, and what color eyes do you have?
2: I have uh, brown and green combinations, so I guess hazel.
1: Okay. Um, You know what? It's interesting, Helen, because I'm seeing some tan in there, but you've also got some, uh, you've got two other colors that are mixed in there. I'm seeing a little bit of sensitive tan, a little bit of logical tan, but you've also got some hidden yellow in there. And so that shows me, um, yellows are basically big kids at heart. They don't feel or look their age, but boy, they've also got a little stubborn streak to them, but they've also got sense of humor, stubborn, spunky, they've also got a, a hidden little side to them that can do creativity. So I feel like that tan has made you have to deal with issues around stability, security, money, you know, being practical, kind of, it's grounded you, but at times it could also hold you back and trap you, because I feel like in your soul, you're a little bit more, God, okay, now the little blue is showing up too, you're a little bit more free spirit, a little bit more spunky and rebellious. And possibly a little bit more creative. You've also got, guy. Hey, you've got a bunch of colors in your aura, kiddo. So I'm looking to see if you're really a crystal. This is the problem when I do crystals on the air, because you guys have clear auras, and if you've been around other people, you can take on the energy and the colors, and then you act like auric chameleons. Because now I'm seeing a little bit of blue in there, and so blues it's all about home and relationships and always having to take care of other people's problems. You see, you got a lot going on in there, Helen. Do you understand that?
2: Yes, you've had <laughs> on to... you've had on a, on quite a bit of them. Uh, I've raised three uh, three kids by myself, and yeah. when my uh, brother was dying, I took care of him. I took care of my mother when yep. she died. See,
1: there's there's that and blue and the sensitive hands. Mm-hmm.
2: My ex mother-in-law. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. Well, again, I feel like that's what I meant by you've had to be very grounded and very practical and very responsible, and at times I feel like that's really weighed you down, Helen, and I feel like there's a side of you that if you had freedom, you'd be researching spirituality more or something creative or a little bit more freedom. But, boy, have you been yes. a real caretaker and responsible. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep, yep. Well, I appreciate you calling in. Thanks for listening to the show.
2: Well, thank you for allowing me to call in. i I Okay. I was looking forward to
0: doing it. Thank you, okay, Helen. Good.
2: good. Well, you're you can welcome. find out more about your aura colors
1: too through my books so or the different aura website, the websites, so you can read more about that. So you know how to stay in power and healthy with them, so they don't end up causing health problems. Because I'm, a, I'm a little concerned you're headed that way if you keep being so re- overly responsible.
0: Yes, okay. sometimes caretakers can be really depleted. Yep. And then <laughs> no, I moved was...
2: to Arizona. I moved to Arizona, and all my relatives are, are in different states, so I'm kind of by myself now.
1: Okay, good. Well, you got you got new things to do, especially around creativity and spirituality. So go for it, okay? So you can get yourself happy oh, okay. and healthy. <laughs> okay.
0: Thank okay. you so much, Helen, for calling. And, Pam, for your special offer package, I just want to mention that it is on the uh, page that we sent everyone for this show today. Um, You go into uh, many different subjects, including auras. Can you tell us a little bit about what people can learn in that program if they do want to know more?
1: You know what, Jean? Every product that I have created, including my radio show and any CDs and MP3s, all the things, the workshops that I've done, they're all aimed at helping people be happy and fulfilled And going past what our learned boundaries are, so I talk about everything in there from how to manifest, how to bend spoons, how to go into parallel universes, how to um, envision your life, how to deal with your beliefs. I have a whole workshop in there helping people um, move limiting beliefs out of their way because those beliefs, as you know, can hold us back. You know, if we think we want something, we want something, but deep inside we feel like we don't deserve it or if it's impossible to get or we're not smart enough to get it, then we're not going to attain what what our dreams are. So I have... All kinds of tools in there, and I, I do my best to make it really fun, really engaging. Well, you listen to some of them, right?
0: Absolutely. You make it fun and simple, and I think that's what's so great about it because some of it is kind of complicated, quantum physics for some people. I mean, mm-hmm. but you have a way of just making it, of course, it's simple. We can all do this. And that's what I love about your programs. So, as far as parallel universes, the, um, we need to understand the basics of quantum physics to understand parallel universes. I love what Deepak. Chopra says. He says we're all in one big energy soup. So um, the fact that we are all energy and connected and that we have the power to create, can you explain that the way you do in your program so well and so simply about quantum physics?
1: Well, you know what's interesting to me? Um, this is what is mind-blowing to me, is that we're all still functioning out of classical physics, which basically says that the universe is a big machine and that our bodies are just bio-machines and we're born, then they decay, and then we die. We go, oh, my gosh, and that we have very little to say over our environment other than, you know, how hard you work at it. And quantum physics, which, is, which came out in the 1900s, so it's only a, a century old, says profound things about who we really are and the nature of personal reality, and most of us are not living uh, with those principles. And what quantum physics is saying, and again, I'm going to simplify it here, is that basically, number one, everything is energy. Now, if you look at how profound that statement is, our bodies are not solid. They're energy, and if we really get that, we wouldn't be aging, we wouldn't be getting sick, and we wouldn't be dying. How How can a piece of energy get sick? So that's the first thing that's profound. They're also saying things like non-local mind, which means that I can do psychic work and anybody else can because our minds are not limited to our brains, which is what we've been taught. It also says that there is no such thing as one reality. They have no way now of of um, of proving an objective reality because the observer, our consciousness is always having an impact. We create our reality. It's not something that exists separate from us. And this is quantum physics, and they have evidence to show this, including they have evidence to show that there are multiple universes, that there are parallel universes. And I know that sounds so far out there, but they're not someplace way out in space. They're as close to us as our breath. And the way that it works, and I, you know, I could discuss the physics of it of how they did the double-slit experiment to prove that this is the case, but we won't go into that in this <laughs> quick show here. Um, basically what they're saying is for ever, every choice that you ever made, let's say as simple as um, you know, you decided to marry somebody in high school, and then another aspect of you didn't marry that person in high school. Both of those yous are having completely separate, unique lives, but they both exist. It can be as simple as you're walking down the street and you look at a restaurant and go, oh, I'm, uh, I, oh, no, I don't want to eat in there today. And you move on, but there was another you that chose to go into that restaurant and had lunch there that day. It's that simple, it's that minute, it's that, uh, you know, just, like the the universes are so close together and so the universe that you end up being in is the one that you believe is real the one that you're focusing on it's like um i like to use the analogy let's say you're in a uh, an electronics store and there's like a hundred television sets and they're each one is on a different program so it's like wow you know there's a hundred different shows going on but you go and stand in front of one and you get all focused on that show and that one becomes your reality that's all you see and that's the only one you believe is real or if you're listening to or you're in your room you're in your home and there are radio waves around you all the time. Radio shows are broadcasting all over the place, and those radio waves are going through the air at all times. But you don't know they exist until so you go over and you turn on your radio station and you adjust it to 99.9, and you get to hear the music or the talk show that's going on on that station. Now, all the other shows are still going on simultaneously, but you're not aware of them because you're not focused on that. You're not tuned in to that frequency. So if you go adjust the dial to 106, then you are going to listen to a completely different radio station, and that becomes your reality, and that's what they're showing is real about reality right now, that there is no such thing as one reality. And here we are limited to thinking that, oh, I'm stuck, I don't have a job, or I don't have money, or I've got health issues, and we think that's the only reality because we don't know how to shift into another universe where you're absolutely wealthy and abundant or another one where you're happily married or another one where you're completely well. It's amazing, and they have evidence of this in in quantum physics. Don't you feel like that's amazing that we're not living with that?
0: Absolutely. Quantum physics talks about the field of possibilities and that everything (laughs) is simultaneous. And a lot of us understand that concept, and people have read about it. But to actually live it, I mean, you you actually do live it, Pam. I do. I do. Tell us how you do it.
1: I have actually created, okay, I'll give you an example of how I've done this actually changed my life dramatically by doing it Um, uh, one day years and years and years ago i really had this thing i wanted so badly it was actually to be in a relationship with this person he wasn't going to have anything to do with me no way Uh uh-uh you're not my type you're a blonde get out of my face no way no way and then he picked up from the west coast and moved to the east coast and get you know not going to happen no way i'm not interested and i had learned about parallel universes now watch all these all people out there go, "Wait, wait, wait, you can't control somebody else." And they go, "You guys, I didn't control anyone. I went into another universe where he was in love with me." And so what I did was I meditated and I if if any of you guys have seen the movie um Somewhere in Time, Christopher Reeves does this in the movie, or if you've seen the movie Frequency, it's about parallel universes. It's amazing that Hollywood well, I should say some of the writers, the Violet writers in Hollywood, have been writing about things like this in Star Trek and all kinds of things. But we, we just think it's fantasy or science fiction. So I sat down and I meditated, and I imagined going into a different universe. I just imagined myself. I did it by seeing myself going through a, a membrane, like I was going through a, a uh, um, a curtain. I parted the curtain and went into a different universe. I went, well, no, not quite this one. It's not where this is not where the two of us are together. So I kept going until I felt like I was in a universe where we're absolutely in love with each other. We were a couple. We were happy. I actually saw the details in it of how he was moving from the East Coast. He was going to go to Iowa to see his meditating friends. He was going to go to Los Angeles to see his rock and roll friends. And he was coming back to Santa Barbara. And I surrounded myself with that image, that picture. But the difference, Gene, is I knew it was real. I knew that that universe existed. Because anytime I ha- anyone has a desire of anything and they can imagine it, that universe comes into existence. We just think it doesn't because we don't see it right in front of us. Well, I knew that universe was real. So I surrounded myself with it and dug on it. If that guy didn't do everything that I saw in that vision and came, and we, you know, we've been hanging out now for 29 years. <laughs> that is so amazing. it was dramatic. Well, and what was funny, and it, people could say, "Oh, that was just a coincidence," or "Oh, you controlled him." I go, "I didn't control him. I walked out of the universe where I felt like I wasn't lovable, and I, he didn't want me, and I wasn't enough for him." I dropped everything I believed about that universe, and shifted my beliefs, and went into a universe where I felt I was lovable and I was enough. And what was really interesting was, in the first universe I was in, all my friends were complaining that they didn't have anyone to love, and they were single, and and they were miserable. And when I went into the other one where I was with this guy, and then now we've been hanging together for so long, all of my friends were engaged or married or having boyfriends in that one. It was so, it didn't just affect me, it affected everybody because I went into a universe where all my friends were in happy relationships.
0: So the key to it really, and and we're taught this in a lot of different type of manifesting techniques, the key is that in your heart you believed it and until people can get to that place, it doesn't work as well, right?
1: That's exact. It has everything to do with your beliefs because your beliefs affect your emotions and your emotions have a frequency to it. There's an energy. It's energy in motion, emotions. And that's how you tune into the different radio station. That's how you tune into the different website. It's all frequencies. But you have to believe that those other universes exist. And, of course, most people, Jean, were not trained to believe that. But you know what? Look at years ago, they weren't trained to believe the world was round. Or that the sun, you know, we thought the sun went around us. Of course, we still perceive that. (laughs) Um, We weren't trained to, you know, back then they didn't believe that air flight was possible. And so now we believe certain things are possible, like cell phones. Oh, my gosh, that's all frequency. That's all vibration. That's amazing. And yet we just take those for granted. But it's all based on quantum physics.
0: Right. So. How did you get to the point of such strong belief? I mean, what would you suggest to people if they immerse themselves in learning about this or just keep practicing every day? How would you tell them to go about beginning to do this?
1: Well, for me, the the path that I took is I'm an avid reader of the Seth books, and those books changed my life. Seth, S-E-T-H, by Jane Roberts. Mm -hmm. They were so far ahead of their times about the nature of reality and quantum physics and how, you know, multiple universes, and I read them and something in me resonated with them. So that's how I became psychic. That's how I became or sensitive, whatever word you want to use. That's how I developed the ability to be able to see energy fields or auras. Because I knew in the core of my soul that all of that was the truth about, quote-unquote, reality, that we actually create our own reality. Now, everyone has a different path to take. They can listen to people that do this. They can take workshops. I mean, I've got CDs and, and DVDs out helping people learn to see auras, to develop their psychic abilities, you know, all of that, to to go into parallel universes. I create all those things, but there are lots of people out there that are talking about this other nature of reality. So there are many people to listen to now, and then the bottom line is to look at your beliefs, what you believe about yourself and the nature of reality, and then start practicing. That's how we learned anything. That's how we learned how to walk, how to talk, how to eat, how to write, drive a car. We get that we can do it. You have to believe it's possible to walk. And then you practice doing it until it becomes first and second nature.
0: So if someone right now said, okay, I want to get started on this today and I want to start uh, creating, going into another reality and living in that, what would you suggest? You know, visualizing a certain amount of time a day or what should yeah. they start well, doing? First
1: of all, first of all, it, again, it's different for everyone, but the first thing you got to do is get quiet. Because we get so distracted by the appearance out there, everyday life and technology and cars, and we get so distracted that it's going to take our attention. So my first recommendation is to find time to get quiet and to be still, right? Isn't that always the key with the masters, be still and know I am God? Be still, right? Meditate. So getting quiet so you can get in contact with something with your soul and with a higher consciousness that is ex- is beyond what we see around us so that's the first thing then to take a look at where your thoughts are and if your thoughts are going to fear base or limitation to challenge those and start planting instead thoughts that have a positive to show what's possible the way you want to believe it. And then to use either your imagination. Our imagination is one of the most powerful tools we have. That's why Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge because knowledge is what we think we know and that limits us. Imagination is what helps us expand beyond our limited beliefs. So you use your imagination to imagine what you want to create, and then you've got to feel it in your body, in your emotions, you feel it. You immerse yourself in it. It's gotta feel very real to you and your emotions have to be in a line with it. Now you can't go into fear. You can't lift up the pot on the boiling, on the boiling pot and look around and go, well, I don't see it. I don't see it. And I go, well, you just went backwards. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You have to really focus and, ta- and practice at it till it really becomes so real for you that that feels like reality instead of the one that you thought was reality before.
0: Right. And we've all spent so many years being taught to you know, believe otherwise. That's why this is relatively and radically new to, to a lot of people. But, uh, the possibilities are just so expansive when you look at it this way and even playing around with it as you do in your classes and you make it fun. Uh, it's a great experiment. See what, see what possibilities we can create.
1: Well, what I find interesting is that the spiritual teachers have been talking about this stuff for years, I mean centuries, eons, and what I find fascinating is that quantum physics now is aligning with it and going, wow, we actually have evidence that this is really real, that there's no such thing as matter, it's all mana, it's all um, you know, illusion, and that um, consciousness really does affect our lives. I just find it interesting. We're in such interesting times right now, Jean, that those two are coming together, and most people can feel it. And if they're not feeling, if they're not researching this and seeing what's going on out there, most people are feeling either stuck or depressed or they feel like something's wrong. They want to change their lives. So somehow we're all getting that little internal alarm clock going off, especially the people that are listening to your teleseminar right now.
0: Right. People are feeling that they want a change. They want to try new mm-hmm. things. They're not really mm-hmm. satisfied. I mean, in this, with the state that things are in and what people are going through, they're looking for alternatives.
1: That's right. And probably your listeners are a little bit more adventurous than the typical person, too. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening to the <laughs> show. But can you imagine how radical it was for people to, to hear, what do you mean the world's not flat? How could it possibly be round? That's not possible. What keeps us from falling off if we're on the other side? That was a radical thing. So I can see how this would be just as radical. But the good news is is more and more of us are not only hearing about it, we're actually starting to live it. That's what excites me as I'm going, no, oh, you guys, this is real. Let me show you how I did it. It works for me. <laughs> and it Back
0: uh, maybe eight or nine years ago, the movie What the Bleep came out, What the Bleep yeah. Do We Know? And that spoke about it. That that movie wasn't huge, but it did kind of open the door for a lot of people to this whole idea. And then, of course, The Secret was part of it. It didn't go as far as the topics we're discussing today. But uh, there are some movies coming out now that are making people more and more aware. And people are more open, I think, to, to believing it and trying it.
1: Right, and Jean, you know, years ago, twenty-eight years, twenty-nine years ago, thirty years ago, whenever I was doing this, there was hardly any information on this. So, and it was, and so some of us, like you and I, have been working on this information for years and years and years. We've been the studiers, the researchers, the the, the four. Forerunners, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of your listeners are. And then there are people showing up today that are just now hearing about it for the first time. But I feel like we're opening doorways. They're going to have an easier time getting it faster because a lot of the hard work is already done and there are more and more resources out there for them now to
2: hear about it.
0: Yes, in this field and alternative health and every, Mm -hmm. every positive area is really growing with the information you can have, the tools you can buy. It is a great time for all this information. One thing you did in one of your workshops that I thought was interesting is you were teaching people to bend spoons. Is that to stretch their reality or to see the power that they have that they don't realize they have?
1: All of the above, to, to, to show them to challenge what they believe about reality, because when well, I went to a class to learn how to bend spoons, it was so funny, and it was taught by an engineer from NASA. Can you imagine this? <laughs> a man, an engineer, and he goes, look, you guys, what we've realized is that there's no such thing as matter, it's all energy, and it takes the form that you imagine. And so it was funny, because um, we're so in the class that I was learning how to do it, we're all sitting there with one fork in one hand and one spoon in another hand, and we are supposed to focus on one and go, bend, 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 and we are supposed to imagine it bending. Of course, most of us in the room were like, okay, this can't be possible. We wanted to believe it, mm-hmm. but we'd never seen it done before, so it didn't seem possible to us. So we're in there, bend, 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 and nothing's happening. Now, all of a sudden, this lady in the back of the room lets out this yell, and we turn around, and her fork is just bending over it just <laughs> fell in half and as soon as we all saw hers ours started going <laughs> wow it was like as soon as we saw it was possible everyone else was like oh my gosh there goes mine too <laughs> right that's trip.
0: that's the way they say it happens i mean once one person leads the way with a possibility of something that possibility is now in the energy field available to all of us and then we can all take advantage of it
1: that's it it was very fun uh-huh <laughs>
0: And as far as the creation in the parallel universes, the the emotions are really important, right? We can picture it and think about it and want it, but how important do you feel it is to really feel the emotion that it's real?
1: Emotions are, you know, you can't just think something because if you're thinking, so you know what a, a riptide is, right? Where the waves are going, it looks like they're going to the shore, but there's an undercurrent, underline that's pulling it back. Right. If your thoughts are going, okay, I imagine it, I imagine it, I imagine it. But you, inside your emotions are going, but I'm afraid or it's not possible or, or, you know, what if I get in trouble for doing this or, you know, I don't deserve it. Your, your feelings are not in alignment with it. It's not going to happen or you're going to, it's going to work gonna take a lot more work to get there. So the emotions, the energy, and by the way, your thoughts affect your emotions. It's not the other way around. It's not that you have a feeling and then you think. Your thoughts are always preclude your emotions. They trigger your emotions, whether you're aware of your thoughts or not. That's what creates your emotions. So once that energy and motion is in alignment with your imagination and your thoughts and your beliefs, that's when everything happens very easily.
0: Right. So the emotions and the thoughts have to be lined up.
1: And I would highly recommend you've seen it happen. I see it all the time. And, you know, a lot of people that are listening, they've done things like manifest parking spaces, you know, or they think about somebody and the phone rings and it's them, or they think about somebody and they run into them. We've all had certain experiences. But um, I'm going for more and more experiences. Have you, have you heard Deepak's uh, analogy about the five levels of consciousness? about manifesting ice cream
0: no tell us about that
1: really quick this is so cool so okay now on level there's different levels of manifesting let's say you have the desire to have ice cream now level one consciousness which is where most of us live right now the most of us think this way if you want ice cream, you got to go out, you got to apply for a job, you get a job, you work hard, you make the money, then you get in your car, then you drive to the ice cream store, then you give them your hard-earned money, and then you get the ice cream, right? That's level one. There's a lot of effort and a lot of action involved. Level 2 uh, consciousness thinking is you have the thought of, oh, guy, I really would like to have some ice cream. And all of a sudden there's a knock on, a do- on your door and your friend has just driven by and gone, oh, I was just at the store and I bought this ice cream and all of a sudden I thought about you. All of a sudden the ice cream is there because of friends, so there's synchronicity. That's a level two consciousness, right? The ice cream showed up for you more effortlessly. Level three, consciousness is you have the desire for ice cream and you go to your freezer and you open it up and it's there and you go, whoa, I don't remember buying that. And all of us have had experiences, for sure, of one, occasionally of two, and once in a while, level three. Then level four consciousness is um, you have the desire for ice cream and you open your hand and it's there. Wow. And level five um, consciousness, consciousness level five is you have the desire for ice cream, but you realize that it's all energy, and you and the ice cream are one. Now, most of us don't want to go to that level because we've already been there. That's where we came from. We wanted to have the experience of tasting and and feeling and having ice cream, right? So but you have to you have to know certain your beliefs have to reach a certain level of understanding about reality to go through those different levels of consciousness. So, how
0: quickly the ice cream manifests, or how easily it comes to you? is dependent on how strongly you believe and trust. Is that right? Well,
1: what you believe about reality, too. It's not even... It's not like you have to work really hard at it to be strong with it. It's you just have to have such a knowingness. Like, you know, some people... How hard is it for you to believe you can get in a car and drive, right? Mm -hmm. It's not hard, but if you had the belief that, well, I don't know if that's possible or, you know, maybe I really can't do it or what if I do drive and something bad happens, now how easy is it going to be for you to get in your car and go drive? So it's about your beliefs and if you believe it's easy, if you believe it's hard, if you believe it's going to take a lot of work, if you believe it's going to take time. And, boy, that's another whole conversation someday, Jean, because time also doesn't exist. It's something that we've made up to be able to experience things one bit at a time. Um, but you can quantum leap time, time travel, and I don't mean you can fold time. You can have things happen very quickly. If time was the determining factor, it would take everybody the exact same amount of time to make money, the exact same amount of time to fall in love or to meet their special person. Or to heal their bodies. Time doesn't change. You do. Your thoughts and beliefs change.
0: Right. So as you talk about uh, time not existing, as I understand it, it's that everything is happening simultaneously. But because we're in this physical body, we are slowing down the vibration to experience it more slowly.
1: Um, That's what it looks like. That's how we believed it. But I'll tell you something. I think it's more that we focused on We believe that time exists so we can have the moment-by-moment experience. Let's put it this way. You go to a movie, you watch it frame-by-frame-by-frame so you can have the experience. But somebody could hand you the entire movie on a spool of, of film, right, a reel of film. They could hand you the whole thing and go, look, here's the whole movie right here. So it already exists. We just run it through through the projector so we can experience it. So, yes, we slowed down the vibration in our thoughts and our beliefs, but we don't have to do that. We can speed it up. We can even change movie films if we want to. It's just that we believe that we're victims of it. We're at the effects of time, and we don't have any control over it. But Einstein messed with that one when he talked about relativity. General relativity and time-space, it's all – it's – there is – it's all – It's relative to who you are. It is not a set rigid standard of something.
0: It's relative to you. And also cause and effect, those laws have been outdated by the studies of quantum physics.
1: That's exactly right. Is that a trip or what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to be bound by cause and effect. We can go beyond it. As all the things that you've been talking about today are about going beyond that.
1: Going beyond how, how we've been trained to think, it's not a flat world. The sun doesn't go around us. We go. Right, do you know what I mean? It's, it's changing our perception. And. That brings up an important point. The reason that we think things are solid is because we've been trained to perceive energy that way. It's all our perception. But it's not the truth about reality. And once we learn the truth about it, we don't necessarily perceive things the same way. So right now, don't we perceive that the earth is not moving? And yet science is telling us that the earth is spinning really fast. We perceive that the sun comes up and goes around us, and yet we've been told by science that that's not it at all, that we're revolving around the sun. But that's not our perception. So our, our five physical senses deceive us all the time, and when we just depend on uh, getting our, our what we believe is reality from our five physical senses, then we're really limited and actually we're being tricked. <laughs>
0: Right. Now, you did bring up another fascinating subject I have to ask you about. Maybe you can just give us an overview of time travel. And you're saying that this is really something that's going to be coming more into our reality.
1: Well, that's that's what quantum physics is saying, that they've theorized it. And anything they can theorize is possible, then they know it's possible. So teleportation, time travel, you know, we do it all the time. We just don't call it that. We do it in our consciousness. When we finally get, you know, because we think about our past and it can become very real, all of a sudden we're so there that we forget where we are or we can imagine our future. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to have this conversation with somebody and I'm really scared, and we're so in that moment. We're not in our present moment. So we do it with our thoughts all the time, but according to quantum physics, since we are all just energy, they see that it's totally possible that we're going to be able to time travel. Now, for those people that go, Um, Well, wait a second, that's not possible because of what they call the grandfather paradox, and what that says in general is if I can go back in time and kill my grandfather, not that we're talking about killing in this (laughs) way, kill my grandfather then that means my dad never existed which means i couldn't have been born so i don't exist to be able to go back and kill my grandfather (laughs) and so that was the grandfather paradox they go ah now you know how they've gotten through that one they've discovered parallel universes so you can in fact go back and kill your grandfather in our universe in a different universe than you're in right now or the one that you're in where you still exist So that's the other reason why they knew that parallel universes existed.
0: So isn't this a little bit like Back to the Future, the movie? It is. I mean, that (laughs) movie was so incredible, and that was, what, 25 years ago, and
1: Uh it
0: it was the best movie. I can still watch it today because it's so fascinating the way he keeps going back and forth into the different time periods.
1: Right. And the thing is, is if you see how when one episode, when something changed in the past, it changed the whole future. Right. Right. And, and but now what they're saying. And so at first I thought, well, it, it changed the future, but there's only one reality. And now they're going, oh, my gosh, all of those universes exist at the same time. So the one where Marty McFly ends up with his girlfriend and one, the one where he ends up, you know, the universe where there was all, Biff was running the whole thing and there was trouble and it was a bad, dark place. That one actually still exists. (laughs) It's just that Marty's not focused on that one anymore.
0: Right. Right. Oh, so amazing. Well, Pam, you've just enlightened us with so many new possibilities. I really appreciate it. Anyone wanting to know more? can go to the special offers button or go to Pam's website because you can learn so much more. And Pam has a quiz on our website where you can find out what aura color you are. And we'll definitely have Pam back again because um, this, this subject is something that we're all so excited about. So I want to thank Pam for being with us, Pam Osley. And I want to thank everyone who shared this time with us today. We look forward to sharing more possibilities with you next time on the wisdom show. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit us at thewisdomshow.com for access to archives of previous shows and special discount packages offered by our world-renowned experts. Thanks to internetaudiohub.com for our state-of-the-art broadcast sound. Internetaudiohub.com is available for all of your Internet audio needs. We look forward to joining you next time on
1: The Wisdom Show.